morning, everyone. It is lovely to see you this morning. What a week. What a week. Um, probably shed a few tears this week, I would guess. I have. Um, Bethan and I went up to Buckingham Palace on Friday. We had a gap in our diary. We just felt we wanted to go up there. And it was, um, it was good to do for us. Um, because, I mean, what, whatever you're you know, political views, whatever, my view is, is that she was one extraordinary lady. Just utterly extraordinary. Just her, 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 her sense of service and duty and responsibility, just, I mean, I, I find it inspiring. I mean, I, I'm not planning to work till I'm 96, just so that we are really clear. But I, I just think um, someone to have served in that kind of way is, is just extraordinary. So we, we journey this next week together, don't we? Um, through to um, that. But that's, that's part of human nature, right? And actually what I'm going to speak, so today is Vision Sunday in the life of our church. And, and the place I'm going to start is, you know, someone wisely said, we're always in a season. And, and, and that is true if, you know, for all of us as, as individual human beings. You know, it might be a season of growth or consolidation or transition or grief or malaise or lethargy. There can be all sorts of things. It's a good question to ask ourselves personally, what season am I in? So maybe right now there's a lot of change going on in your life, and there's, um, maybe that's been the case over recent months or a year or so, and there's a need to consolidate some of that change. Maybe for you, um, there's a lot of change going on right now. Maybe you're in a season of transition. Uh, maybe your kids are changing school or going off to university, or maybe you're changing job. Or I spoke to somebody this morning, they're about to move house. That, that's a change. Maybe you feel lethargic. You know, in the same way that physically we often suffer from a kind of post-viral kind of bleh. I think some people are feeling that after two and a half years of pandemic. There's a sort of post-viral bleh. That's the most technical phrase I've got this morning. <laughs> it's just kind of... You know, I was speaking to someone a couple of weeks ago. They said, you know, before COVID, they would often invite people around for dinner. Then COVID hits and they're just out of the habit just of connecting, you know, just like connecting with people over dinner. Or um, fairly often I have the conversation with people that are connected to our church, and it's kind of like, you know, I, I just haven't got back into the habit of doing Sundays yet. Sort of, it's a post-viral just sort of malaise and lethargy that maybe we find we're in a bit of a slump and it's time to press into a new season. As a church family here at Riverside Vineyard, we are always in a season as well. The question is, which? And that's what I want to share a bit about this morning. Today is Vision Sunday. I'm going to share some of the things we sense the Lord speaking to us about, some emphases um, for the year. If you're visiting here today, I hope it's helpful to you. Um, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, then again, I hope this is helpful in what I share today. If you have a Bible, could you turn to Isaiah chapter 54? Um, I'm using paper. You might have a device or a gadget. The words will come up on the screen in a moment. We're going to have a look at a, a little bit of a prophetic picture that Isaiah shares. And if you've been around this church over recent years, you'll know that the Lord has speaking, spoken to us as a church through this scripture a number of times. And I believe that he's speaking to us through it again. So Isaiah chapter 54, let me, let me just pray for us um, that, that, that most of all, 
we would hear Jesus speak to us this morning. I'm going to do my best to communicate what I think he has for us, but we need to hear him, right? So I don't know how, when I, when I'm, I pray with my hand on my own heart, you do what you want. But Jesus, I pray that as we gather here today, that you would speak to us. Lord, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence, we honor your presence, and I pray that you would release life-giving words from heaven to us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. So Isaiah 54, I'm going to read verses 2 to 4. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. Amen? Amen. What I believe the Lord is saying to us is this. Advance. It's a season to advance. Last March, um, our pastoral team took a couple of days away. And we went down to this, um, what was it, like a self-catering place down in Kent. Ash and Rob brewed a lot of coffee. Like a lot. Apparently it was a normal amount. I thought it was a lot. We probably ate a bit too much chocolate over a couple of days. But we also prayed and we sought the Lord for what he was wanting to say to us for the year ahead. And on on the first morning that we were together, what we did, we just each went off individually to, to seek the Lord, to pray and ask him to speak to us. And One of the ways that the Lord speaks to us is by drawing our attention to things we see in the natural, and then he will speak through that. And so one of our team, I I think it might have been Dave, but I can't quite remember. As they were walking, we, we were near some farmland out in Kent. The Lord caught their attention by an old piece of fencing. And what was happening was the farmer was taking down this old line of fencing and was setting new fencing in place But the new fence line was further removed. It was further out. So this field was being extended. Sense of advance. Old things being transformed with new things. Advance. I I love the picture that Isaiah um, uses in Isaiah chapter 54. Growing up, I was a scout from about the age of, I don't know, seven or eight, right through to when I was 16 or 17. And one of the things that we had as part of our scout group was this huge canvas marquee. And there was only a few of us that knew how to put it up, and you had to, because it was, it was big. It was sort of, yeah, it was like that kind of size, and like tent poles like this kind of size, and 40-foot guy ropes, and great big tent poles, uh, tent posts and things like that. And so when I, when I read Isaiah 54, I picture like something like that, this sense of tent. Or sometimes, you know, I see a circus tent, you know, the ones again where you've got this massive tent pole in the middle and multicolored canvas and it just stretches out and, and you see those long kind of metal stakes that are used to kind of pin this thing back. So as, as we read this kind of text in Isaiah 54, have that kind of thing in mind and then hear 
what verse 2 says. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. It's this call to advance. And I'm going to unpack, like, what does that look like for us? But you might already be thinking, Andy, you know, times are tough right now. There's an economic crisis. We've had the news that we've had this past week. Life isn't yet back to normal after a crazy two and a half years. Wouldn't it just be better just to stay as we are and ride out the storm? It's a really good question. Really good question. I love what we then read in verse 3. What we read in verse 3 is that around God's people, around that community of faith, were people who didn't yet know the Lord. And it refers to desolate cities. In other words, communities, peoples that were in desperate need of restoration. And it seems to me that it is exactly the same for us. There are many people around us who are facing all sorts of challenges and many people who don't yet know that God loves them. Many people that are not yet in relationship with Jesus Christ. And so it seems to me that if there was ever a time for followers of Jesus and a church like Riverside Vineyard to step up and move forward and advance, it is a time like now. Our communities, the people around us, need people like us. So what is it going to take? I'm going to share four brief things from these verses. The first thing it's going to take is that we give everything to the Lord. Give everything to the Lord. Verse 2 do not hold back. That seems pretty clear to me. Give everything. Go all in. This, friends, I believe is a season to go all in for Jesus like never before. Go all in. Second thing, say yes to change. And I know as soon as I say that, people I don't like change. <laughs> say yes to change. Here's why. To enlarge a tent, think about that marquee tent, think about a circus tent. To enlarge a tent, you're going to need to either add some fabric or you're going to need to stretch it. You're going to need to take up some tent poles and move them back in order to enlarge the space of the tent. You're going to need to take up some tent pegs and move those. You're going to need to redo the guy ropes, all of that stuff, if you're going to physically enlarge the place of a tent. To enlarge a tent is disruptive. I hope you've noticed this already if you've been following Jesus for longer than about a day. The kingdom of God is disruptive. The kingdom of God always involves change. And so we need to be okay with change or at least asking God for grace. Lord, help me to be okay with the disruptive nature of your kingdom. Third thing... We strengthen our foundations. We strengthen our foundations. Verse 2, strengthen your stakes. If you're going to extend the tent, if it's going to get bigger, you're going to need to make sure it has got good foundations. And we advanced best from good foundations. So that is why this autumn we're running a series in this church, a teaching series called Advance. We're going to go through the book of Acts just simply looking at the vital foundations that we're all going to need in our lives and in our church in order to advance from. 
Um, so I would just encourage you, if you're a part of this church, would you journey with us each week just to be a part of that as we journey through the book of Acts together? And then we're planning on some uh, simple materials that are going to go out to small groups just to enable that conversation to go deeper week by week. So please be looking out for those. So that's the third thing. And then the fourth thing is choose faith rather than fear. Choose faith rather than fear. Let me read verse 4 again. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. Now, when I started putting my thoughts together like a week or so ago, that was when we were just facing a utility bills crisis. And I was going to say, have you seen the news recently? And now it's just sort of gone to another place, right? Because we watch the news now, and it is very easy, I think, for our hearts to become less peaceful than they were when, before we started watching. It's easy for us to become anxious and fearful, and for those kind of things to grip our hearts and minds, and even more so in these last few days. Now, someone way more intelligent than me has gone through the Bible and added up the number of times that the Bible says, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Take heart. You know, people have said that those kind of phrases occur 365 times. Now, that sounds quite convenient. That it's one for each day of the year. It's probably around. My point is, it's a lot. It's a lot. And one of the reasons it's there is because the Lord knows we need to hear it time and time and time again. There is a propensity within the human heart to fear and to become anxious. And so time and time again, the Lord says, do not fear. Do not be afraid. Now, I know that that is not an easy thing to do. But at the same time, I am of the belief that the Lord never invites us to do things that are impossible. Indeed, Paul writes this in Philippians, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So it seems to me that if there are situations that we're facing that cause us to become fearful and anxious, and at the same time we hear the Lord say, do not fear, then the smart, wise thing to do is to reach out to the Lord and say, help me. I need your strength. I need your grace because I don't want to be someone whose life is shaped by fear. In fact, in our world right now, where there is a lot of anxiety, a great prayer to pray is this, Lord, would you help me to be a non-anxious presence in an anxious world? That is a really good prayer to pray. Lord, help me to be a non-anxious presence. So as we advance, as a church, there is a battle there's an enemy that is opposed to Jesus, that is opposed to human beings, that is opposed to the church of Jesus Christ. And at times, friends, we feel that battle more intensely than at other times. And I just want to say, now is one of those times that as a team, as leaders, we are sensing the heat of that battle. And so I simply want to say to us, if, again, if you're part of this church, you're a praying person, would you pray for the staff team and leaders right now because we would really value your press. But despite the battle, 
we stay 100% committed. That's what I'm committed to, saying 100% committed to the vision that the Lord has, has called us to. And so just a quick reminder for us here at Riverside Vineyard Church, the way that we have articulated our vision is simply this, worship God, love others, be Jesus in the world. So as I share on Vision Sunday, it's that, okay? So what I'm going to share is a few emphases, some things for this coming year, but it's all sort of founded on what the Lord has spoken to us about. Worship God, love others, be Jesus in the world. So I'm going to share some emphases for this coming year, but before that, I'm going to share a piece of uh, news with us. There's a couple of pieces of news during um, my, my talk this morning, so don't nod off because you'll miss them, and then people will say, did you hear that exciting thing? And you'll say, no. Many of you will know that when we bought this building here in Felton back in 2003, uh, we took out a fairly large mortgage in order to support that. So there was some incredible generous giving from the people in the church, but we also needed to take out um, a mortgage in order to, to complete um, the project here. Um, and we were, we've been paying that off. And then we went into the second phase of development of the building here. So that's the foyer and the cafe and the rooms um, above there, which, for example, the children, a bunch of children are in this morning. Again, lots of giving, wonderful generosity. But again, we increased our mortgage in order um, to do that project. And so over those couple of projects, we have drawn down from the bank somewhere in the region of one and a half million pounds. So this was a reasonable size mortgage. Back on Vision Sunday in 2019, I said that we wanted to be mortgage free by 2025, so please pray. And, and so that's the slide that I showed in September 2019. You'll see one up from the bottom, mortgage free by 2025. That's what I said. Could we pray, friends, for that? Well, here on the next slide is a copy of our latest mortgage statement. <laughs> For those at the back, that is a big, fat zero. And as the senior pastor of this church and as a trustee, we are incredibly grateful both for the generosity of the Lord and the generosity of the Lord's people to have come to where we have come to way quicker than we could imagine. So this makes a difference to us as a church. You'll know if you're sat here and you own a house and you've got a mortgage, you'll know some of the weight of that. I've been sat here for the last 11 years and Rick before that. <laughs> with the, with, and it, it's, a, it's a blessed relief. It is a blessed relief. We are incredibly grateful. So that's the first bit of good news today. Okay? Could I just ask that you don't steal all of my thunder for the 11.15 service? <laughs> so with other people that are coming in and over the coffee break, just when they say, did Andy share any exciting things? No. Just, would that, is, is that all right? Can we just... That, that would be wonderful. Thank you. So here, here are some other emphases for the year that we believe the Lord is impressing on us, and, I, and we're going to enable us to advance with the Lord this year. The first thing is let's be led by the Spirit. And I know that's not a new thing, but it's just a reminder. Be led by the Spirit. As we advance, 
we need to be looking for what the Lord is doing. See where the wind of his spirit is blowing. And one of the areas we sense for this year is for us to press into the area of the prophetic, of the Lord speaking to us, of us being you know, aware and acknowledging that and, and, and passing that on, of sharing that, of being directed by it. So let me encourage you. Would you be someone that comes to Sundays expectant that the Lord is going to speak to you? And that will be for you, but there will be times where the Lord speaks to you for us. And if that's the case, would you come and speak to one of the service hosts that are normally on this front row? And they will help just kind of work out how, how do we best work with that. So that would be a wonderful thing to do. But it, would you be someone that expects the Lord to speak to you in every environment that you go into? So when we gather on Sundays, that's wonderful. But the supermarket, your place of work, your place of study, be someone, would we press into that this year? Now, next spring... We're, we're planning already our Lent series that we run across all the environments in our church. It is going to be focused on this simple thing, how to hear God. Now, if only someone had written a book, uh, someone has written a book recently entitled How to Hear God. This has been written by a friend of ours, Pete Gregg, who, who oversees, who leads the 24-7 prayer movement. It is a great book. And I'm delighted to let you know that Pete has agreed to come and spend an evening here with us next March as part of that series. So he is a fabulous encouragement to us. So we'll get details out fairly soon. But again, that is just something that we want to be pressing into. The second area that we sense the Lord just reminding us of is for all of us to be pressing into our personal discipleship, our following of Jesus. See, as we advance both personally and together as a church, it is incredibly important that we do so in, in a way that I call self-feeding discipleship. In other words, we're each responsible for our own spiritual health and growth. Your friends can't do it for you. Your small group leader can't do it for you. I can't do it for you. We have to self-lead and self-feed. So those discipleship habits of daily engaging with the Bible, of prayer, of worship, of embracing the presence of the Holy Spirit, of Christian community, all of those kind of things, those are incredibly important. And, you know, at the same time as those personal habits, it's good for us to remember that discipleship only really works well in the context of community. You know, we've said around Riverside before that church works best in circles, not rows. We're in lay down in rows now, and some of that's just a practical thing. But the depth of our relationship is fueled by being in a circle, by people that know us and that we are known by. And so it is vital in this church. If you want this church to work well for you, it is going to work well if you're connected as part of a team, one of our Sunday teams, midweek teams, and being one of our small groups. Otherwise, it's, discipleship is not going to work well. This church is not going to work particularly well for you. So I'd encourage you that if you're not currently connected in, in those kind of ways, come over to the connect area, come and join us for lunch at the Newcomers Lunch. We would love to help you connect. Third thing, third emphasis for this year is in the whole area of developing leaders. Our ministry as a church will only advance healthily if there's a growing community of leaders. And so as we have done 
for the past 34 years in the life of this church, we're going to keep pressing into leadership development. So in other words, same orders, same thing. We're just going to keep doing that. We, if you've been around over recent months, you'll know that we have a leadership development pathway that we've, in, you know, we've articulated much more clearly over the last few months. Um, so hopefully that's on, there we go, this next slide here. So it starts with um, just connecting with the life of this church. We run something called Riverside Vineyard Essentials. If you've not been to that, the next one is in November. We run an Introduction to Leadership course. That's on the 8th of October. Everyone is welcome to those um, events. We're also kicking off, in just two or three weeks' time, a two-year training course called Vineyard Leadership Essentials. It is resourced by Vineyard Churches in the UK and Ireland. It is, for us in this church, the next step for all those that are leading or wanting to lead in the life of the church here. So we already have almost 60 people signed up for that, which is amazing. Um, don't miss out. If you're, if you're leading right now or you're thinking that's something the Lord has on your radar, please don't miss out um, from being part of that. Um, and then the next step is the New Vineyard College. Uh, that is an intensive one-year, one-day-per-week training for potential um, senior pastors, worship pastors, youth pastors, compassion pastors, site pastors, um, and church planters. So that we are, there are five camp, campuses. Is that a word? Campi? <laughs> campuses, I think, sounds better. So there are five of those around the United Kingdom and Ireland. One of them we are hosting here at Riverside Vineyard. It kicks off in about two weeks' time. We are super excited for that. Personally, I'm convinced that pretty much everyone can lead. Because to lead, you just need to be about half a sentence ahead of somebody else. And so my question is, is like, in terms of like leadership, what is the next thing for you? What could be the next thing for you this year? Now, as we think about leadership, um, again, some news to share with you this morning. You'll know that we've been recruiting for a number of roles within our church uh, family. A kids pastor, we're still looking for that. Um, but we have been uh, looking to recruit a new pastoral assistant. And so this morning, I'm delighted to let you know that Emilio Bello is joining our staff team tomorrow morning. And that's him. So we are absolutely delighted about this. Emilio, um, many of you know he's married to Tatiani. They've got a wonderful daughter called Maria. They are originally from Brazil. They are incredibly hospitable because they're Brazilian. Comes with the culture. Um, Emilio has been on a church staff team before. He has led and planted a church. Um, he's just finished up a three-year theology degree. Um, he's a gifted worship leader and preacher um, and brings a whole lot of other stuff into the life of our church. So we are very excited for this. Um, again, could you pray for Emilio and his family as they transition into this? Um, again, we'll do the same deal. Spare me a little bit of thunder for the next service. Don't go bounding up and telling people. I'd love for people to hear um, in the context of our service this morning. Um, Emilio and... Uh, Tatiani are down at our stain site this morning, so you're not going to see them. But next time you see him, would you encourage him and pray for him? That would be wonderful. One of the areas we're already advancing in is, as I've said, our stain site. We're excited for what the Lord is doing since we launched that site in May this year. 
Uh, the site is currently meeting two Sundays per month. Um, again, news for today, we're planning from November to meet every Sunday of the month. Three of those times will be at the school, once a missional um, community Sunday. But from May, that site will go to meeting four times a month. Now, one of the rumors that I've heard a few times recently is this. Staines have kidnapped Andy and Bethan. So I want to just be very clear with this this morning. Bethan and I have said in our journey towards becoming one church many places, we have said over the last three or four years that we will spread our time equally between sites. We're doing that now, and we will continue to do that even after we hand stains over to new site pastors. So for those of us here at Feltham, those of you here, we feel the love. We, we feel missed at times, but don't worry. We, we, we haven't been kidnapped so launching a site in Staines is an exciting step for us as a church on our journey to becoming one church many places. Um, we've shown this next map before. Um, these are just some prayer targets of places that we would love to explore the launching of new sites. So again, I just want to invite us to be praying and seeing what the Lord is doing in the communities around us. Two more quick things to share mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we were thinking and praying about how we might respond as a church to the cost of living and energy crisis. Now, again, one of the announcements last week, uh, the government announced a plan uh, to help families with the cost of living, um, but the costs are still going to be approximately double from what they were a year ago. So I, I found this diagram in a newspaper. You won't be able to read all of the detail, but this is where utility costs go in an average household. All you need to see is that big kind of maroon bubble on the right-hand corner. That is gas central heating. Okay? It dwarfs, heating costs dwarf all of the other utility costs that the average household expends. And so we know that as things stand, some households will struggle to keep warm this winter and will be choosing between heating and eating. So, for example, those on benefits some people that are on basic state pension. There'll be some people who are working from home, and effectively what will happen is some employers will pass on utility costs to their employees. We have a building here in Feltham that has heating. And one of the things that we could do is open multiple times during the week, potentially every day, in order to help keep people warm. One of the things that we could do is open spaces for people to hang out, to have coffee, to watch the TV, to work if they need to. You know, having a simple you know, bowl of soup and a roll at lunchtime would be a beautiful thing. It would need a whole lot of us to sign up and say, I will be a part of hosting a warm, welcoming space, just to be around to drink coffee, to chat with people, maybe to heat a bowl of soup. Now, we don't have all of the details yet because this is moving quite quickly. But what we want to do this morning is to start by asking, could you be a part of this? Because then we can be planning. So what we're going to do, and I can see Michael is poised like a coiled spring here. 
We're going to send around some very simple response cards this morning. It has a grid of the days of the week and some possible time slots. And so if you are up for this, and I would love loads and loads of us to be up for this. Basically, if you can, if you can drink coffee and sit in a chair, you can be a part of this to host a warm, welcoming space here at the Vineyard Center. So if you're up for this, we're going to pass these cards around. Could you simply fill in your name? Where is that? Fill in your name and your details towards the bottom here. And then tick some slots where you think you could be available. Now, don't worry. If you tick multiple slots, we're not going to ask you to serve at them all. Okay? It would just be helpful to know the kind of times when you could be available. And then you'll see just in the middle here, I can serve X slots per week or I can serve X slots per month. So you might say, I can serve one slot a week, but I have lots of flexibility. So if you could let us know your flexibility and how much you think you could serve, then we can process from. Does that make sense? So try and give, if you can give as many options as you can, but let us know what realistically you could personally do. So Michael's coiled spring has just gone, which is wonderful. So we're going to pass these around. Please grab one, pass them down the row. There are loads of pens around here. So again, if, you could, if you're up for this, up for exploring this with us, then simply write in your details, take the slots where you could be available, let us know whether you can do once a week, twice a week, 15 times a week, once a month. There's no right or wrong answer. Just let us know what could work for you. I'm going to share just one final thing in closing, and then we will worship and pray together. So a few weeks ago, there were a bunch of... Um, I mean, we're all called to hear the Lord speak, right? But some people just have more, you know, a track record in the kind of prophetic ministry. One, one of our prophetic team here at Riverside just sent me an email. And the background of the story is, is part of the story of the history of the people of Israel. That There was a moment where they were about to go into the promised land, and Moses sent 12 spies out into the land. And two of those spies were Joshua and Caleb. And of all the guys that went out into the promised land, t- 10 of them came back with a, oh, we can't do this. And Joshua and Caleb came back with, having seen exactly the same stuff, having seen the giants, the same giants in the land, saying, let's crack on. Full of faith to advance. And the prophetic word that was shared with me and with us was this. Just had a sense this morning to be praying in the Caleb's. Those with a vision, the vision to take the promised land when the giants look too big. Sensing it's time for the Caleb's to arise. Sensing this in particular regard to multi-site, but it may be in other areas too. We'll keep praying into this. And I loved it when that came into my inbox because it feels to me that this strongly resonates with that sense of advance, of what the Lord says through Isaiah 54 of, a, of an enlarging tent, of advancing in lots of different ways. And it just resonates so much with the season that we believe the Lord is calling us into. So when I read that, and I hope you would resonate, it seemed to me a wonderful confirmation that the Lord is speaking to us. The Lord is inviting us to advance with him. That does not mean there aren't giants in the land. 
It simply means that the Lord is bigger. The Lord is bigger. So we advance with him. Jesus is building his church, friends. Jesus is building his church, and the gates of hell cannot stop it. Amen? Thank you. Amen. (laughs) Amen.